Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Thank you. Um, great. Now we have to make good food every week, Mike. Like, what was that? <laughs> it was the only time I've come. I've the one time he comes, I actually cooked. I, I didn't make it from scratch, but I actually had to cook it because it was raw. Uh, <laughs> great. Now I feel all this pressure. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so Jesse asked me to share this word, and um, it's going to be a quick word. So. Get ready. I talk fast, especially when I'm nervous. Uh, And I have my phone in case I go brain dead, um, because that happens. So, first of all, Happy New Year. Okay. Rosh Hashanah. Okay. It's uh, the Jewish New Year. And um, we're part Jewish because we're we're that wild child that was grafted in that um, Paul talks about, that wild olive branch. That's us. We're the Gentiles, right? We got grafted in. So, the entire New Te- or the Old Testament, that's, that's ours. That's our lineage, our ancestors. Those are the people we're going to spend all eternity with, along with you guys, right? So we get to celebrate the Jewish New Year. So it's a new year. It's a new season. And it started with an earthquake, right? Um, maybe, maybe that's prophetic. Like, you know, I, I, I was woken up. So maybe this is the year of a, an awakening, right? An awakening. And... Um, yeah, I'm already off track. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm on track. Yes, I'm on track. I believe it. Uh, <laughs> so with, with the new year, um, I think as Christians, we have this, this uh, tradition that I've heard a lot of people and myself as well. We ask God for his words entering into a new season, a new year. Okay? And that's actually the word that I wanted to share with you. It's about words, okay, and what we do with them. Um, And the reason we do this is because words are important because all of, um, like, the entire world functions from the invisible to the visible, right? Like, when you see a business, that started with an invisible thought, an idea. Words are invisible, and that's how the whole world was created, from the invisible to the visible. And we all still function that way because we're all made in the image of God. So unbelievers, believers, we, we have a feeling and then we end up married, right? <laughs> that feelings are invisible. So there's this invisible realm that we all dwell in, whether we acknowledge it or not, and that becomes visible. But as believers um, and followers of Jesus Christ, um, we get to hear God. What that means, when God speaks into our new year, what that means is we get to um, we get to grab a hold of God's invisible thoughts, um, words, the dreams that He has, and He uh, we get to have it, and it, it like comes inside of us, and through us, God's dreams, God's ideas, God's words get um, gets to manifest here on earth. 
Hence that verse, on earth as it is in heaven. So this is how it happens. So like, you know, we do this all the time. I have an idea and I just opened up like a little Etsy shop, right? So that went from the invisible to the visible. So we're doing this all the time with our own thoughts. But when we hear God, we get to manifest his thoughts, his dreams. And that's where um, like the heaven invades earth, right? So um, I'm already lost. Um, <laughs> Thank God for my new phone. Uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, I'm no longer scratching my finger with my broken phone. Um, so th- the, the word that I shared on Thursday was about Peter walking on water because it, it, it's like an illustration um, of how this works. It shows us the mechanics of what we do with the words and how the words manifest, okay? What Peter did was he stepped out of the boat. He stepped out on Jesus's calling. Jesus called, come. It's a word, right? Jesus said, come, and Peter stepped out on that. And I was thinking about it like, what was Peter thinking? You know, it's kind of crazy. I've heard of, you know, like Tuesday night people doing crazy things, right? It's kind of similar. Like, it's kind of crazy. What was he thinking? And I'm, I'm pretty sure Peter wasn't thinking water, 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 when he, you know, stepped out. I believe he was doing the thing that Natalie always ends her letters with, okay? He was possessed with promise. He was possessed by the word, come. Jesus said, come. That's all he's thinking of. So when Peter actually stepped out on water, he wasn't stepping out on water. He was stepping out on the word that Jesus gave him, And when we step out on the word that Jesus gives us, it's able to hold us up, okay? No matter how impossible the situation, it's his word that keeps us afloat. And we're able to walk on water and do all the things that God tells us to do. But but here's here's the honest truth. Sometimes we're gun shy because like Peter, sometimes maybe we had the experience of sinking in the past, right? So it's like, I still believe God, but, you know, we're a little bit hesitant. And as I thought about that, I saw something interesting in the story. The version in Mark, it tells us that they're supposed to land in a town on the other side called Bethsaida. That's what Jesus said, we're going to go to Bethsaida. But they landed in Gennesaret. That's like a couple of towns over to the right. They missed the destination, Isn't that interesting? It's like they didn't go, they didn't land where Jesus said that they were headed for. The interesting thing, the cool thing is that Jesus doesn't mention it. You don't hear him starting to lecture them like, you missed the mark. You have little faith. If you had enough faith, then we would have landed where I said we're going to land. He doesn't do that, nor does he blame the contrary winds. He doesn't blame the devil. He doesn't give the devil that glory either. He doesn't even mention it. And as I thought about it, you know, it it came to me like, you know, God was saying to me, like, what do you think? What do you think is the most important thing to Jesus? Is it the destination or is it the journey? Because think about it. Jesus, he will even walk on water to make sure he gets to be with the disciples. He just wants to be with us. He wants to journey with us. Because when you think about it, walking on water, feeding of the 5,000, a lot of these amazing experiences the disciples had, it didn't happen after they landed at the destination. It happened along the way. 
the most amazing experiences of Jesus happens along the way. So he gives us our words. And today he's going to give us words for our new year for us to step into. But just remember, the most important thing for Jesus is being with us and making our journeys rich with the experience of him, with the revelation of him. Okay? So that's the word I want to share with you guys today. And so let the words fall. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh. Wow. I don't know. It's, you, sometimes you hear that and you're just like, okay, let's just, let's just chill on that for a second. Jesus, I'm going to repeat what she just said, because I feel like there's some people in here that just, it's, it's like, whoa, you got caught in one thing she said in the beginning. You're thinking about it, and you missed the, some of it. I'm just thinking this one part. She said, she said there's Beth, Bethesda, Gennesaret. Did you guys catch the, like, the depth of that? I was, sit, I was like, my goodness, that's a good word. He literally, he goes, he tells the disciples, he says, get in a boat and go to Bethesda. Get in a boat and go to a place. Some of us, we get so consumed with where we're going and the plans and, and these like destinations. We're so consumed with the destination. You might get completely driven off into a different place, but it's going to be the will of God. Is this not about the destination? It's about the, the, I love how she said, the journey, the presence of Jesus with you, walking with him, getting to know him, living with him, the ministry of God happening no matter where you are. He said, get in a boat and go to this one city. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a storm and then Jesus is walking on water and you have the whole Peter story. But once he's in the boat, they land in a completely different city that he said, he said to go to one city. When he gets in the boat, they end up in a whole different city. Are we like catching the depth of that? And then, by the way, revival broke out in that city too. Yes? Like straight up revival. People were coming, wanting to touch the, the hem of his garment. They're getting healed. Just Jesus is showing off. Wow. Wow. That's a good word. Our destinations are not as important as walking with Jesus. They're not as important. They're important, but they're not as important. And God might redirect it, and it doesn't mean that you did something wrong even. Yeah, maybe, maybe we are like the disciples at times. We have little faith. Maybe we do get a little, a little scared and timid. Maybe the storms kind of get us scared. Uh, but during worship, I just kept thinking of Jesus sleeping in the boat. And um, I asked a, uh, a brother the other day if he knew that story. He didn't. So I'm going to share with you in case there's some people in here that don't know it. But there was a, there was a storm on the water. And the disciples start wigging out. They're just getting so scared. They're like, OMG, we're going to die. And they go down to the bottom of the boat. And there's Jesus. And what's he doing? He's sleeping. He's completely knocked out. They're waiting, Jesus, wake up. He's snoring maybe. Jesus, we're going to die. There's water splashing over. Jesus. He wakes up out of his deep sleep, out of his peace. He looks at him. Goes out there and basically tells him to chill out. But he goes over the storm, calms the storm. Wow. There's this, there's this place, there's this place of rest, there's this place of peace, okay, that you can dwell in, that you can live in, knowing that God's got you. He's taking you exactly where you need to go. He's got you covered. 
okay? And your peace on the inside can translate and create peace even for others on the outside in their lives, the people around you. I feel like God wants us to be a people that dwell in rest, rest. You guys know that the, a lot of us are striving to do a lot of things. Like we strive to do a lot of things. There's a lot of like top grade people in this room. We strive to do a lot of good things. You know what the Bible says to strive for? It says strive to enter his rest. Wow. Strive to enter his rest. That doesn't mean don't do anything in your life. It just means strive to enter into the peace, the rest of God that Jesus brought for you, that you can get into that place where you have a full assurance of going, Jesus, you got my life. You got me. We're walking together. This is all going to be great. We got to fight for that peace. And I just feel like God wants to release that. I'm going to pray for us right now. I just feel like God wants to release a supernatural rest over us. For some of us in this room, we've been laboring really, 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 really hard, really hard. And I just, I just feel the Lord. Father, I just thank you right now. I pray for a deep sleep, a deep rest over the church, over every individual. God, I pray that those who are walking in extreme peace would be releasing it to the storms around others, Father, in faith. And I just pray that, that storms would be stopped in Jesus' name. And regardless of if there is a storm, that we would be at peace, knowing, God, that number one, you rest in it, and number two, you can walk on the waters, and we're totally set with you, Jesus. So Father, I just pray for faith. I pray for hope for people's lives in this room. I pray for rest, supernatural rest. This week, God, I pray people feel more rest than they've ever felt before in their life, that, they, that it's not even about how much physical sleep they get, that there is crazy peace on the inside. No matter what's going on on the outside, there's crazy peace on the inside right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I was thinking of a story I want to share with y'all. Um, I am, y'all, Texas, we're going there. Um, I was thinking of a story. I, like I said, I hadn't been planning to preach today. So y'all are just going to love on me regardless. But I do have some stories. And I, and I feel the Lord wanted me to share these stories. So I think there's purpose to this. Um, my buddy David and I, is David here? Valerie's here. Yeah, he's somewhere around here. Is he really? He's helping the kids today? Oh, he's, okay. So David, who usually leads worship, we, um, we, he's listening, good. We were invited to go to this, um, we'll call it like a ministry to witches, okay? We'll just call it like that, a ministry to witchcraft people. And, um, and so there was this building, there's this building that used to, it sounds like some of you are like, where is this going? <laughs> it's going somewhere fun, I promise. So, there was this building, and the building used to be a church, okay? And then years and years ago, this pastor went to the opposite direction of where Jesus was really saying, and they became this, like, new age facility thing a long, long time ago, okay? So anyway, so there was this guy who, it was his, like, grandpa or his dad or something like that who had done it. So this group of Christians were like, we're, we want to go do ministry <clears throat> around these people and bring the gospel to them. Okay, but these people are not like, you know, they're not the average Joe. I mean, like there's literally people dressed up in like all purple and they're just like walking around like they're just like warlocks, you know, and they're like, I'm a warlock. And you're like, wow, you're living it out, aren't you? Like, you know, some people live it out, you know, it was wild. Some people don't. Some of them are just completely average Joes and they look totally normal, but they're living it out on the inside. So, but some of them just like full on wear it all, you know, and um, <laughs> 
So anyways, at this, at this building, <clears throat> there's a, uh, a top story that um, other people could rent out, okay? So what they were doing is once a month, they invited David and I to come to this ministry thing. And we were like, at first, we're kind of hesitant. We we're like, man, Jesus, are you calling us to do this? And we're like, yeah, let's go. Let's just do this. It's going to be fun. And so they rented out the top, the top floor of this, of this building once a month on one of the days. And downstairs, they had a whole new age facility thing going on where all these people would come and then they would pay money to get words, pay money to have these like encounters, these spiritual encounters. They listen to all these spirits talk and blah, blah, blah stuff. So when we, so when we rented the top floor, what we did was number one, we just worshiped first, right? We were worshiping above them. We did this every month for a while. It was crazy. It was so much fun. So we were, we were worshiping. And then what we did was to reach out to them. We're like, okay, how do we like not be like super new agey and like weird, but at the same time, how can we reach out to these people? So what we did was there's a few of us and we went downstairs and we told people because they were coming from all over to pay money to get words and stuff. So we went down to like sift some of those people away. We went down and we were like, hey, you guys want some free words? We go, we go, hey, you guys want some free words? Come upstairs, come upstairs and get some words. Man, they started coming. Like free words, they're like, oh yeah. They were loving it because usually they, they've, some of them have been coming for years and years and they pay every time they're paying for this stuff. They're just so like, they're just hungry for some spiritual encounters and they're just like wackadoodle encounters, you know? And I'm being totally serious. This lady comes in, one of the ladies, she sits there and I have a table. We were trying to like be in their like, you know, culture, but not of it. So there's a table and she sits down at this table with me and we start like praying over her, blessing her, talking. And I say, God, you know, like, give me some words for this lady. And I tell her off the bat, I'm like, just want you to know, just starting off the thing, cold, just, just, here we go. I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian pastor. And, um, and she goes, oh, wow. And she goes, she thinks that what I'm saying is I'm extremely like a liberal Christian, like super down for like witchcraft. And I go, I go, I go, no, like, like, you know, the Bible. She goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm as Bible believing as you can be. And she goes, oh, and I go, I go, yeah, I go, I go, but I'm gonna tell you some words from Jesus for you. And she goes, okay. So I start prophesying over her what God is saying. She's just wigging out, you know, talking to her about her life, whatever. And she starts to get like really touched by Jesus. Like she's just like, she's absolutely tripping. Okay. And she goes, I go, well, how long? I start talking to her. I go, how long you been coming here? And she'd been going to this place for like, I don't know, I think it was around 15 years. It's kind of hazy. Anywhere between, anywhere between 10 and 20. I forget the exact number, but I think it was like 15. She goes, I've been coming here. She actually, before that, she used to go to a Christian like church. She, she used to be a Christian. And then she's like, you know, she tells me, she's like, but I wasn't seeing any like supernatural. I wasn't seeing anything. So like, you know, I came to this place and I'm like looking at her. I'm like, oh man, that's too bad. And I'm like, Jesus is the real deal. And, and she's sitting there and, and, she, and she says, yeah, for the last about 15 years I've been coming and it's because I, I haven't been able to, um, she says, for like the last 15 years, I haven't been able to lift my arm up. Her one arm was stuck and down and she couldn't lift it past here for like over a decade, okay? She's like this, like she, she had a permanent like major injury in her shoulder or something and she can't lift it. And I said, oh, really? 
And, um, and so then, so I looked at her and I was like, well, and I was telling her Jesus is the only way and all kinds of stuff. And I was preaching the gospel because that's what you do when you're a Christian. So I'm looking at her. So some people are like, you know, when they talk to certain people, they're kind of hesitant. I'm not. I'm just like, let's go. Jesus is the way, you know, I love you. And I'm going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she looks at me and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I, from what I remember, it was like, you know, you know, to prove it, I just feel like God's going to do a miracle for you right now and show you what I'm saying is true, that he's the only way. And so I go, I go, you know, Father, I just thank you right now. I pray you touch her arm and I pray that you'd cause it to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Da, 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 da. And I go, test it out. And she looks at me like, like she's been coming to get spiritual, like whatever over it for over a decade, you know. And I look at her and I was like, lift your arm up. And she looks at me and she goes like this. And she lifts it up and immediately, like a flood, just tears. She just starts crying. She lifts up her arm. And then I'm like looking at her. She's crying, just like sobbing. And I'm just looking at her. And then she's like, where do you go to church? And she starts just weeping. And she's like, I need to go back to church. Like, I need to get out of this and go back to church. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's funny because I found out, I found out, this is crazy. Some of you are going to like, your minds are going to like kind of shake a little bit on this one, but this is true. But um, actually some of the leaders of that place, this is crazy. They go into churches and they actually get involved in like leadership things of different churches. There was one of the main leader ladies who was downstairs was a part of a church down the street. Another guy who was like, literally calls himself a warlock was a part of a brethren church down the street. And they were literally, they literally, you know, we have an evangelistic bent where we, we want people to be free and know Jesus. Like they're literally led by spirit. Like they want to do weird stuff. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Anyways, I was tripping out. I was just like, my goodness, they're coming in trying to invade our family. I'm coming in plundering theirs, you know, like, let's go. <laughs> oh, man, you do it to us. I'm doing it to you. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Uh, but how do, we, how do we actually know a person? We know people by their fruit, right? I mean, just because you're at church, you know, we got to still get to know each other. Get to know each other. If you don't really know a person, they're just whoever to you. Like, we're a family. We're actually called to really, really know each other. And we're called to pray for each other, walk with each other, and walk in love. And this thing is really straightforward. So if you're ever confused on a spiritual like aspect of, that someone might be doing, just go and crack open your Bible. It's a very good thing to do. Yeah, it's a really good thing to do. Some people are like, man, I'm not seeing anything in the church. Well, you guys know that miracle signs and wonders are really, really normal. They're really normal. No one should be leaving the Christian church to join some new age thing because there's not spiritual encounters. God is spirit. How much more spiritual encounter do we opened up to? God's spirit. Yeah? Jesus can do way more than anything and anyone. Yeah? In the Bible, it's like all over. You start in Genesis, you got a creation, you got all this stuff going on, you got supernatural stuff from the very... Let there be light. By the way, when he says, let there be light, do you guys know that the sun, the moon, the stars weren't even created yet for days? I'm just going to go there for a quick second. He said, he didn't say create light. He said, let there be light. It was actually a manifestation of himself into the created world. Who is the light? Jesus. 
This is day one. Let there be light. This is him coming into his creation. First thing he does, it's day four that he makes the sun, the moon, the stars, things that have physical light. In John chapter one, it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness. Let's go. Let's go. Jesus is, God from the very, very beginning is all about revealing himself to us. In the very beginning, he wants relationship, deep relationship. And sometimes it looks wild. Sometimes it looks weird. Sometimes this is crazy. Sometimes it's like, man, what are you saying to me, Jesus? But it's real. Like we're not just faking this thing. God is really, really real. I know it sounds so simple. We're like preaching at church and we're saying God is real. Wow. Um, Pastor Jesse was wanting us to, what we're going to do in a few minutes is that we're going to pray for one another and um, maybe in like groups of four or so. So I'm going to let that just simmer in you. And for those of you that are, are more internal processors, to prep your heart. Not prep your exit, but prep your heart. Don't. <laughs> Which door am I near? <laughs> I think I got to go to the bathroom right now. Fair warning, I'm giving it to you right now. Wow. Um, Another thing I want to say real quick is, you know, when we, were, when we were worshiping, Tiffany was praying and singing about us getting praise in us. And then Reagan came up and she was talking about the walls of Jericho, right? And the walls of Jericho, they had to walk around it for seven days. And on the seventh day, they walked around it seven times. Sometimes, you know, you're believing for God to have breakthrough, it might take a little bit of time. Not everything God does in your life is like a microwave. Okay? Not everything is McDonald's to him. Sometimes he slow cooks it. And it's better, you know. You're like, wow. Way better than McDonald's, I'll tell you that. Slow cooked, so I don't care what it is slow cooked. It's going to be better. I'm starting to think about food. Oh, Jesus. We got two services now. I got I to calm myself. Calm myself down. Calm down, Micah. Two services. Anyways, they walked around Jericho seven times, right? Uh, seven days. And on the seventh day, they walked around it seven times. And I just feel like, you know, some of us are believing for breakthrough. There's your destiny. There's where you feel like God's calling you. But those things can always fill our minds as humans, right? Destination always is a big thing for people. They're like, where's God taking me? And he's like, walk with me. And then we're like, God, where are you taking me? And he's like, walk with me. But God, where are you taking me? And he's like, walk with me. Is this like simple? I mean, but we do that, right? Anybody else out there human? Let's go. And we're like, man, my life, where am I going? I, I've heard it so many times. It's just what we do as humans. We get so consumed by it. We're like, I don't know, maybe this job in the future, this, this. And God's just like, I love you. It's like, I love you. Here's a Bible verse. Whatever you put your hands to, you're going to prosper. I, I got plans. To, I know. I go before you. I'm setting a way for you. Your steps are ordered of God. You're set. That's so set. 
you might get a glimpse of it prophetically and you're like, wow, I'm going to this place. You're going to end up in a completely different one. This is a good word. Anyways, when you get to this walls of Jericho, you know, how do we get to this place? Some of us are, when you get to Jericho, you don't feel like praising. Your first instinct, guys, isn't, man, I really want to praise Jesus. That's not the first instinct that came to the Israelites. Your first instinct a lot of times when you come up to walls of Jericho is, oh man, I'm being stopped. I'm being prevented from doing whatever I felt like God had told me to do back there. Now I just can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. The bushes are too big on the side. I can't walk around this city. I can't take over it. My goodness, look at the walls. And you don't feel like praising. There's a prayer I want to just say over you right now. It comes out of the Bible. It's from the Psalms. And it says, fill my mouth with praise. Fill my heart with thanksgiving. You know, David was so filled with praise that he's written a ton of Psalms in the Bible. They were basically prophetic songs. Really cool, by the way. I'm going to go there real quick. Check this out. The prophets back then, you know what they used to do? They used to just play instrumental music, okay? And they would have schools of prophets. They'd actually, in that time, they would, there would be people who were prophets, but they'd actually have these groups sometimes, and they would go around, they'd travel together, but they'd prophesy together. And what they'd do is they would play instrumental music. They'd play music. The Spirit would come on them, and they'd start prophesying, and they'd start singing. They'd start doing, isn't that wild? Really fun. But that's actually the Psalms. Is playing instrumental music, and he begins to prophesy. David was also a prophet. The dude is prophesying. He talks about Jesus a whole bunch in the Psalms. Like, he wasn't just like, I'm going to get really creative and tell you about, like, 5,000 years from now when Jesus comes about. Like, he wasn't just creating that out of his own imagination, heart for Jesus. It was a prophetic moment, getting consumed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Even in that, he says, fill my mouth with praise. Fill my heart with thanksgiving. Some of us, were like, man, I just can't praise. I just want to challenge you. You can at least ask for it. You can ask for it. You can ask God to fill you. Fill you with a mouth of praise. To come on out, that it's a river overflowing, that it's not something that you're like striving. I'm going to try to say you're great. You are so good. God, you're great. No, this is like... You see why now that I preach, I don't see. <laughs> Imagine by saying like that on Sunday, you all be like, oh, I'm out of here. Uh, what time is it? You guys are 26. All right, we're gonna, we need some time because the next service starts at 11. Um, and we're going to pray for each other. But first, what I want to do is I'm going to pray over you, and then we're going to break. But I want to pray over you right now, and I want you to receive it if you really want it. But I'm going to pray that God fills you. Listen, the best prayers to pray are the ones that are written out in the Bible. They're just easy. I mean, if you can't have faith for some things that you think about and ask for, you can have faith for something that's written in the book, okay? Okay, well, I'm going to pray that over you, and I'm going to believe right now that your mouths are going to get filled with praise. Your heart's going to get filled with thanksgiving. Say thanksgiving. Guys, that's a thankful heart. Some of us really, really need it. Yeah. Wow, Father, thank you right now. Let's go ahead and put out your hands like you're receiving a big gift. Lord, I just pray that you would fill their hearts right now, Jesus, for this week, for this, this uh, new year, this new season. 
Lord, I thank you that right now there's a massive transition happening, not just for the church, God, but in the world, even in America right now. I thank you, God, that there is a transition happening right now. And I pray that in this season, no matter what it looks like, that we would have extremely thankful hearts. Lord, that you would fill our hearts with thanksgiving, that it would be overflowing from us. And I pray that you would fill every mouth this week with praise. Lord God, that they would be filled with praise, complete praise, unceasing praise. Praise God that walks around walls that are before them. And I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is what we're going to do. We're going to break up. If we could put some music on, Mike, maybe some music. We're going to break up in groups of four, max five, okay? Four, max five. I'm not going to make you go pray with people you absolutely don't know. I'm not that brutal. But I just want you to <laughs> find a couple people. And I want you to, if, if you can just at least pray for one person, maybe to your right, okay? At least one person. And I want you to do one thing, though. Please pray for them like you really like them. Pray for them like you care for them. Honestly, sometimes it'll motivate you. You're like, I really don't want to pray. Get in the mindset like, this person is awesome next to you. And this is an opportunity for you to show that you actually care about them. We all actually need people to care about us. Right? We're family. So let's break up in groups of four. Four, max five. And I want us to pray for the person on our right. We're going to do this for a few minutes, and then we're just going to release everybody. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.